How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. We've got a really fun episode for you guys today as me and Midnight Miles do some horror rapid-fire questions, and we also talk about some of the films we're looking forward to watching this October and this Halloween season. But before we get to the show, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're clicking that subscribe button and leaving me a rating and a review. And help me spread the good word about the House of Horror. If you have any friends that would be interested in the show, make sure you're pointing them in my direction. So without further ado, we're going to get right to the show. So now let's get spooky. Alright everyone, welcome back to the House of Horror, or rather, should I say, Midnight Manor. It's the first episode of the House of Horror to be recorded at Midnight Manor. How's it, it feel? It, it was the Midnight Mansion. But it was it? If it's the manor, it, it can be the manor, it can be the mansion. I mean, Mocha, Mocha's nodding his head in approval of either one. Either one works for him. You really set the tone for the evening, right? He's got the candles going. I do. Spooky atmosphere. I love it, I love it. My, my, uh, my place... Looks like probably anyone could imagine it looking like at, at um, the listens to this podcast for the last few years. It's pretty much just horror memorabilia on the walls. I mean, so you can only imagine. It never's really not. I don't want to say Halloween, but just spooky atmosphere all around. Yeah. You, um, and going along with that, I mean, we're in the heat. Of the autumn season. We There's are. many autumnal delights that are going on. And with that, we're just been... Before we hit record here, we were just talking about some films we were looking forward to seeing leading up to this year's Halloween. Uh, maybe some films that are new releases. Maybe some that we're re-watching and some that maybe we've kind of missed the boat on. Um, and we were like, screw it. We're just going to start recording and talk about a couple films. So go. it's going to be a very laid back show today, uh, boys and ghouls. Um, he's, he's cracking open the beer. I thought we would do it in sync, but oh, right. he's got his open. He jumped well, the gun a little go. bit. There the we gun. go. For the working man. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to the, uh, the Halloween season. Yeah. It's for that. So what's been going on, man? What are you, what are some things that are on your list this, this year to watch? Well... You know how we love lists here when I'm on, I guess you could say. Well, we, they won't, they, it doesn't have to be. It's not a ranking, but it is a list. Uh, I did talk about, you know, wanting to kind of go over some things because, like, when we talk, it's almost like we're having the conversation, obviously, on air where it's like you might say a film I haven't seen in five years, and I'm like, oh, I wanna, now I'm going to try to fit that in and kind of, like, maybe just help me get in the mood for, for October. Um, kind of hard for us because we watch horror all year round i mean i i don't watch as much as at home as i used to um yeah i work pretty long days or pretty busy days during the week so weekends i try to watch some stuff with midnight marissa stuff like that so thankfully there's a lot she's seen quite a bit but there's a lot that she hasn't seen so it's really nice for me to kind of like brush up on some of the franchises and stuff so some of the stuff i want to watch this October, uh, it'll be stuff that we've already kind of started, or stuff that we we have our own list together that we kind of mm-hmm. like stuff we want to watch. So I I'm thinking like, really honestly like, I guess early two thousands is kind of like where there's a lot of stuff that I I like want to rewatch or stuff that I want her to see. 
Um, I always praised the 28 days, weeks, both films, la- la- the later <laughs> series, the 28, <laughs> the late, later, the later, 28 later franchise. Um, but I haven't watched either of them in a very long time. Do you think, because, I mean, we're coming up close on, like, the anniversary. Are, they, are you think we're going to get 28 years later on the 28th anniversary of the first film? I'd love it. I know that, uh, I know that Danny Boyle, uh, wanted to do, I think, was it 28 months later? Like, he had an idea or, like, like a draft. But that was, like, and that was even after he did Slumdog Millionaire and all that Mm -hmm, stuff like that. So, but to be honest, he did it. He was really big in the 2000s and he's kind of just fell off. I don't know what he's doing. If he's just enjoying his life um, or doing a lot of the guys that were like, I would say that came from independent cinema in the 2000s. I don't know if they just made enough money and they did, they did a lot of producing and stuff and they're just, they're just hanging out. I mean, it's, uh, it's a hard game. The film industry, you know that. So, I mean, if you get a good decade in there, I mean, yeah, don't, but I really do. I don't think she's seen either of them. I've, I don't know if I've said on the, this podcast, but I'm pretty highly regarded 28 Days Later. I think it's one of the most, like, brutal, like, modern films. And, like, not even just brutal because, like, just with the gore, but just, like, how fast-paced and how the way it's shot, the acting. It's very desolate. It's very bleak. Um, you know, it's in my top 20, 30 films of all time. I know that's saying a lot, but I really think it's a modern masterpiece that gets overlooked a lot with people. I think the early 2000s, honestly, in general, like, I don't really hear, I don't know if maybe now that we're getting into 20 years later, because it seems like... I feel like now people are getting more nostalgic for it, but it hasn't been in the limelight as much as, like, you hear people talk about 90s horror or even, like, later to more modern stuff, that, like, early 2000s era... Um, besides, like, your original saws and, like, stuff like that. Like, a few of the, like, one-hit wonders or, like, a couple, like, littler things. Like, they're not as talked about, I would say. And it's, I mean, that really, you know, 28, it's funny. I guess I can kind of tie all this in. But kind of that, like, 2002 to 2005, and then it went onward. But, I mean, really big, like, zombie resurgence um, which eventually obviously led to The Walking Dead being, you know, greenlit for a show and everything like that. Um, I love a lot of those films, and that's kind of something I want to go back and rewatch, like Shaun of the Dead. I'm a huge Shaun of the Dead fan. Anything that those guys do. Hot Fuzz, The World's End. Did you see Last Night in Soho? I have not seen it. I haven't seen it, seen it yet either. No, that no, one's no, on my no, list no, for this year. That's on the other. Yeah, that is on there too. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was looking through stuff uh, to watch. Um, I really like their show Spaced. On a side note, did you ever watch that? They I have never a Resident. That, no. They have a Resident Evil episode where they're just sitting there playing Resident Evil. Oh, really? Day. Yeah, and that's kind of like uh, that was the obvious inf- inspiration for Shaun of the Dead, getting them to right, do it. You yeah. know, but Space is a really good show. If anyone, you know, any listeners too, um, I watched it back on Netflix discs, so it was. Iconic Miles moment. Many, many moons ago. People don't understand how amazing Netflix discs were back in the day. I remember, yeah. Could get anything. They would be like, oh, we'll we'll, we'll get it in. It might take an extra few days. We'll get it from Pittsburgh or we'll get it from, you know, we'll get it from Detroit or like wherever their, you know, DVD like warehouses were. But uh, 
So Shaun of the Dead, 28 weeks, 28 days. Um, I might even, because I have it and I haven't watched it, I might as well just throw it in there too, but probably go back and hit Land of the Dead. It's been a while. Fun keeping that era. Me and Midnight Marissa started the Saw series because she had never seen any of them. That's and her insane. one That's friend insane. loves them. And she thought she wouldn't, wouldn't be up rally, but she really liked the first one. We watched one and two. I think I said this to you, but two didn't hold up as strongly as I remember. One holds up really well, yeah. really well. And I've seen one multiple times throughout the years. But I think two is a much shorter film than I remember, and it's much faster. Like, they kind of get the story gets started, like the main traps, and then it's legit just like 30 minutes in the house and it's done. So I don't know if you watched in a while, but it's, it's different It's been than a I while because I put it in my horror sequels podcast, but I didn't re-watch it when I included it. I just knew I w- wanted to put like a Saw film in there, and I remember that one out of the sequels was one of the stronger ones, but I haven't re-watched it in a long time. Probably four or five years ago, I re-watched like one through four, okay. but it's been, it's been a while because I was still living in Beulah. Oh, wow. So it's been a few I, years at least. I'm curious to see how I feel about 3 because when I saw 3 back in the day, and I've seen it since, but you, many years again later, uh, 3, you know, I wanted to like 3 more than I did, but I just didn't I, I didn't like it as much. And I have a weird feeling that I'm going to like 3 more than 2 now. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like 4 and 6 a lot. Saw 4 and 6. Saw I've pretty much said I think on at least one of these podcasts how fucking bad Saw 5 is oh it's the worst it's, it's the absolute it's, worst it's literally a, an episode of you know like Law and Order with like a, a hint of Saw on the end of it which is like if that's your if that's your gig that's fine but it comes off as like a bad TV show yeah. with no twist the traps really weren't good like I can't even barely remember I remember the ending and I remember, like, uh, what was this? They call him Hoffman, is that his name, right? I think so, yeah. Him, like, lighting the police station on fire, and it's, like, a bad slow-mo scene as he's walking away, and just, like, just, like, little... It, yeah. It's weird. It came out at a weird time, but I'm hoping to watch maybe a few of the Saw sequels, but I have a couple of other things, but how about you? You, you take some turn talking. What are you, you going to be watching? What do you think you want to get um, into? So as far as, like, since we touched a little bit on more, like, modern stuff... I mentioned Last Night in Soho. The other one that's really big on my list that I haven't seen yet um, from the last couple years is Nightmare Alley. So I that's, need to see that That's too. one that's yeah, on. Yeah, I need to see that too. Because it's on HBO Max right now. But like every time I'm like, oh, I feel like watching something. I'm like, oh, like I'll finally watch fucking Nightmare Alley. I pull it up and I forget it's like three hours. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say for like modern stuff, those were um, the main ones in the last couple years. But as you as you were saying, I both of those were ones that I feel like came out in theaters, and then they were just unfortunately theaters weren't fully fully back in the swing, you know, compared to like this year, twenty twenty two. Well, I, where I swear to God, Nightmare Alley came out like the same weekend as like a Marvel movie. Or it came something. out the same weekend as Spider Man. Or the weekend before, or something. It was something before or crazy. after. It's a, it, it, it was within a, within a week of Spider Man coming out, and the problem is too the big Omicron like boom and Christmas time. Yeah. So legit, like Marissa got sick, got COVID, and I didn't. 
thankfully didn't get it again. But uh, by the time we had a chance to go to the theaters, they had just taken it out, or it was like, or it got to one showing a day, and it was like yeah, six fifteen yeah. or something. I'm like, I can't, like, I just, it, I couldn't ma- ever make it, and I was really bummed that I missed both of those in theaters. To be honest, um, what about anything a little bit older, slightly older? So there's no film in particular that I'm gonna mention, but I'm just gonna say. There's a lot of Italian horror that's been on my list to either watch for the first time or rewatch because it's been several years. Um, like, I've seen Black Sabbath and Black Sunday, but it's probably been a decade since I've seen them, and I've never seen them in Italian. Like, I've seen, like, the dubbed versions of them. Okay. So I'd like to go and watch them in their actual language. Um, the Bird and the Crystal Plumage has been on my I list. Have it. That's another for, one. Because I know that's one of your. Of all you're, time, you're like I, top ten. Yeah, it's one. It's one of my favorite films ever. I, I actually, for a sake of conversation, so that we could talk about it, I might write, watch it around the same time you watch it because I haven't watched it in a long time. I have it on on Blu-ray, uh, or we could all watch it together maybe at some point in the season. Well, we actually, could. Yeah, that'd that would be, be that'd be pretty dope. It's it's a very very it's a very very good film. Yeah, makes it, I feel like that's another thing that. Uh, Everyone gets so stoked on Suspiria and Deep Red. I feel like people don't talk about Deep Red as much as they did maybe like 10 years ago when I was right. first getting in our... Well, I guess it'd be over 10 years ago now. But anyways, 10, 15 years ago when I first started getting in Targento, at least like the magazines, a lot of the horror press, like Deep Red, Deep Red, Deep Red. But like right. now, like I never see anything for Deep Red. To be honest, I feel like people also used to talk about Phenomena a lot. And I feel like maybe people still do a little bit. But, like, I just don't see, you know, Spirit is kind of, it's like, people act like almost, not it's his only film, but like a right. mainstream sense where, I mean, I don't even think a lot of people realize that's part of a trilogy. I mean, Suspiria is the first film in the Three Mothers trilogy, with Inferno being the second, and then Mother of Tears, which is hilarious. If anyone wants to watch a hilarious film, you don't even have to see Suspiria or uh, Inferno, but Mother of Tears, he made it. 35 years something after Suspiria it's, it's, it's pretty bad but it's pretty fun I mean yeah. cause I, I like for me Inferno is another one that's big on the list to watch with Emily because we watched Suspiria well I had seen it before obviously but she watched it for the first time with me it was either last Halloween or the Halloween before so we've always talked about like finishing it up watching Inferno um, and the other one and watching Opera as well Opera's great. Um, So, yeah, just that whole, like, genre is just on my list. Um, As far as other films from that time period that, like, I missed, that's on my list, and it's another one that I'm always like, oh, maybe I'll pop it on, and then I just never get around to it, is The Changeling. Changeling's good. I've seen, I've always seen it once, maybe? Long time ago, though? I think I've, maybe on VHS, I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen it, never seen it. Do you have it? I think I have it. If not, it's on Shudder. Okay. But it's one that has just kind of eluded me for years. And then didn't it get a remake at some point or something? I don't know. Something stupid happened. I think, I think either they were talking about it. Maybe it maybe it did get made. I don't know. I feel like I've seen... I watch no matter what it is. I watch about every fucking remake that I've ever... That oh, I, just, I know you do. I just watch it. You know, I watch everything. I used to. I've... I've, I've I've kind of... Since the pandemic, I feel like I've kind of slacked a little bit. I was really up on everything, but... I don't know. But anyways, I, 
I think if there was a Changeling remake, I would have seen it. Maybe there. I could I could have sworn there was. I'll look it up real fast if you have another thing. To, um, another as film. far as as far as older stuff, even though as we talked about talking about stuff from twenty years ago, two thousand two. That's how much time has fucking passed. I mean, that is starting to get older, but. Uh, I think I've talked to him maybe on Yeah, with these. Angelina Jolie. I knew it from 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I did see it in 2008. It's probably one of those ones. I feel like there's so many from that era. I've seen so much shit, and I'm like, I don't even... I'll never remember that. Well, maybe it's not a... Re- maybe it's just the same name. But I don't know. I fucking remember it. Um, Whatever. I want to watch only be- because I've watched one and three with Marissa now and one and three are both two films I absolutely love especially well both of them equally I think both of them are phenomenal perfect flawless for what they are but Return of the Living Dead Part 2 I really want to watch sometime soon because I have two VHS copies of it one's messed up something else is wrong with the other one but I just want to watch I don't know have you ever seen Part 2? it's been a really long time since I've seen it but yeah I've seen it and then I watched part three with you and yeah, over, and yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw it. Technically, you like only saw, saw the end. You saw probably the last half, but it's it's pretty wild. It's it's a pretty crazy film. Yeah. Um, but I want to watch part two just because another, I keep bringing up the word underrated, but part two is a really fun, you know, I guess not late 80s, but kind of. I think it came out with 87, 88. So I guess kind of late 80s, you know, zombie flick, and it has the same you know the same main two guys from the uh you need a chemical supply mm-hmm. playing two grave robbers completely different characters but they're back in the film you know um and basically um, you know unleash the living dead and the army's coming to kind of shut up the town and it's just like it's got a classic feel it's got some really funny zombies in like the michael jackson zombie right. dancing and like the whole ending at the electric like station electric company like um i don't know it's it, it's just fun i feel like i don't hear people talk about that one either but i'd like to watch that as far as you know stuff let's say 80s i really like to watch it's been a while since i've watched fright night i love fright night it was one of my favorites as a kid we watched it at jared's maybe believe it was like the halloween before the pandemic uh we all watched it at his house and it was a blast yeah, I, I think it's a masterpiece. It is. It's especially that was one of the, one of the first ones as like a, a young enough kid that I saw it and I'm like, you know, this is everything. It's like the perfect, you know, October film because it has everything for like every yeah. kind of like All right, spooky, so, scary. So I'll, so I'll say this right now, and this, and we can come back to this later if we want to talk about some more films. But just to kind of talk about what we're going to be doing at the tail end of this. Fright Night or Lost Boys? Fright Night. I see. I'm also in the Fright Night thing, but I feel yeah. like we're in the minority on that. I, Lost Boys is a weird film where I saw it when I was like, like, I wasn't old by any means. I think I saw it for the first time when I was like, maybe seventeen, mm-hmm. maybe eighteen. I think it, I think that I saw parts of it like on TV a couple times. Where I'd catch it like, I'd catch it when they got to like the lair or like something like that or towards the end, you know, or I'd catch them in the comic book shop talking about, you know, like I'd catch them in different parts, but I never was able to sit down and like 
watched the whole thing. And I watched it, and I loved it. And I especially, like, obviously the aesthetic and just captures everything amazing about that time period. It's probably especially what I imagine in California. I always, when I was younger, watching, like, stuff in the 80s, I'm like, is this what, like, is this what the producers, is this what the film industry thinks things actually look like? Or, like, you know what I mean? They would, like, dramatize things or almost, like, over-stereotype things. But I felt like them being on the pier and just the comic book shops and the stuff and it just I don't know it just felt very authentic I could be wrong but well no and I mean it's very reflective of the time period in which it was made and I'm gonna geek out for a second but like horror is always like so reflective of the time period not just like with the aesthetics and everything but like the underlying messages that you might not even think about right like 80 in the 80s right like divorce rates are at like an all time fucking high. Mm-hmm. So people like kids and like they're the primary demographic, like eighteen year old kids going to the movies or whatever, they're like, fuck, like, what if my mom was dating a fucking vampire? Right, like you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just so much like commentary like involved in it like you don't even like think about. So I love Fright Night. Like I think everything about it is Phenomenal. I think, yeah, start to finish, like, I just don't think there's a bad moment in it. I think that was one of the first ones. I feel like, I know I just touched on it, but I feel like Friday Night's one of the first films where I was like, oh, I really love horror. Like, one of, like, one of the, yeah. like, I watched it and I'm like, everything about this is just so fucking cool. Like, every scene. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, just like, you know, I've touched on it with Carpenter films and Romero and stuff like that, but, like, as an individual certain individual films Friday was one of the ones I was like wow you know yeah so I know that on a side note one that especially you and then Dynamite Jared uh, myself too but you guys are a little are more hyped than I am even but obviously Halloween ends I mean that's gotta I was gonna be, bring it up so yeah. Halloween ends at the time you guys are listening to this it probably comes out in like a week or two um, but I'm also excited to rewatch Halloween Kills because I, I want to, because yeah. now I'm going to be watching it for the first time knowing what it is. Like when I, I was watching it in the theater, like obviously if you guys have listened to our several podcasts that we've done about it since then, um, at least for my perspective, I was a little bit disappointed in it, but that's because I didn't know what it was going to be. Now that I kind of know what it is and now that there's a director's cut out, um, I'm excited to see it again through that like different lens, I guess. Did you did you buy it? Is it is oh yeah, it, I've got it on. I've got it on 4K. Do they call it directors or is it extended cut? I think it's the different? extended cut oh, okay. or something like that. So excited to rewatch that. Excited to see Halloween ends in theaters. Um, obviously, which should be cool. Can I can I be on? Well, I guess the story that I I also really want to rewatch Halloween Kills because. We did that podcast, and you motherfuckers, I watched, I came back from Puerto Rico and from a wedding, and I had to watch, (laughs) I had to watch Halloween Kills with Midnight Marissa, the first time I had seen her in days, and then leave and come to a podcast, and I literally, it was like a Monday night, I was literally like a fucking corpse. And we did that shit. I mean, it was a good time, but I I barely had time to reflect. Like, <laughs> surprisingly, I still remember the whole film. I mean, for what it is, pretty well. But I'd like to actually like. He's really got to take it in, relax and enjoy it. You know, I mean, because I was like timing down. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, I gotta get you know this and this, and 
Uh, it was not not the way I want to watch like a, yeah. a film early. Well, Wednesday. Emily still hasn't seen it yet. Oh, okay. because the night that I went to see it, like we had two tickets, but like something came oh, up I, and like she couldn't go. Oh yeah, you called me. Remember, because Scott yeah. was here. You're like. I was do like, you can't come go? to the theater. I was, like, I was like, dude, I can't. Like, we have to go, like go to bed, and Spaz is here, and like, yeah, I remember that now. So excited to watch it with her, and then we should probably see Halloween ends together if we can. I'd, I'd be down. I don't think I have to go to anything fucking crazy. I don't even know what. We'll see it at the theater by your house. We don't have to go to the IMAX <laughs> halfway across the city. Yeah, thank God. All right. Uh, I mean, this one's close to you, too. Yeah, it's if, pretty if they, close. If they have an RPX, I mean, it'll be fine. They probably will. It's going to be the biggest release that weekend. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited to see. T- to be honest, the the trailer didn't do a lot for me compared to, like, I thought the Halloween Kills trailer blew my really fucking good. socks off. Like, I was like, holy fuck, this is the best trailer I've seen in a long time, but... That's probably why Ends is going to be phenomenal, because the trailer didn't do shit for me, to be honest. Yeah. But they already have my money. Like, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't yeah, do, it doesn't like, they, they, you know. Everyone's going to see it regardless. Like, it doesn't. But they're hyping it up. Carpenter's hyped it up himself, saying it's pretty different. Yeah. It's different than what you expect. So we'll see. I really want to see the new VHS, too. VHS 1999. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, as that's well. probably another big one. That's probably like, is that going to be straight to streaming? Or are they doing that I, in theaters? I believe it's straight to Shutter. It'd be amazing if that was in theaters, like even limited release. Um, maybe the Art Institute will pick it up. I don't know because they did. They've done a couple of the ones that have gone on Shutter lately, so maybe they're kind of testing the waters. I think they have someone that's like booking films there. That's like a little. More horror <laughs> Kinda knows friendly. What's going on. Yeah. Well, more like horror friendly. Because, but like the thing is, like, I like that the Art Institute Theater. For people that don't know, the Cleveland uh, Institute of Art has a really amazing theater that shows films from all over the world. The prints they get and stuff, and even the re-releases. I mean, you have to have someone on top of really everything that's going on in the world of cinema. I mean, far beyond my scope and imagination. I mean, they're getting stuff from the from literally a hundred years ago. Right. They're getting stuff from Italy from 75 and like, you know, I mean, really incredible. I mean, but thankfully they have someone that does, especially the past couple of years, tapped into horror a little bit more, which is nice. I mean, I was able to go the the howling last Halloween season, see that in theaters. And I know, I think I talked on one of the other podcasts that we did recently like how much every time i watch the howling i think that film gets better it's one of those ones that like it surprised me how many t- every time i rewatch it i just rewatched it with midnight marissa in the summer and uh she really loved it she didn't think she was gonna be a werewolf she doesn't watch watch right. a lot of werewolf stuff we watched american werewolf in london uh maybe last october and then we watched this this summer and she's was loved both of them so i mean that's if the film's good, it's good. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter the monster, the creature, the genre. You know. Um. Well, yeah. V- I think I think VHS ninety nine though is probably I probably want to see that as much as Halloween ends. I know that's blasphemous to say too. I don't think I that's love, blasphemous to say. I love that I mean, series and ninety four. Ninety four was, was great. Yeah, it was good. The ending was like the the wraparound story ending was a little like felt rushed or like they didn't know what they 
we're doing with it maybe, but maybe we'll see some continuation of that in VHS 99. I don't know. We might. Uh, I'm going to look something up real fast because there's like a weird connection to that wraparound that she did something else, the director on that. Okay. That was like a weird connection, but I can't remember what it was. Um, did you have anything else? What other new releases are coming out? Because you're much more on top of it than I, I feel like I used to than be. myself. I feel like I used to be. I mean, there's a couple that just came out. Uh, you know, Peacock recently. Well, I mean, it's been out for a little bit, but like, I still need to see it. The one with Kevin Bacon, they them, they slash them. Did you watch? Did you watch that yet? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. I um, I heard about it. Yeah. It's, it's out. I wasn't listening yeah. to anything no, you were no, saying. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's, it's been out for a little while now on uh, on that. I want to see... Still haven't watched, and I talked about another podcast with a new one, that uh, a couple of people are bloody disgusting, or like that, in like, No Exit, the 20th century snuck right into uh, Hulu, kind of like the Hulu deal they have or whatever. Oh, yeah. But that's supposed to actually... About. I've heard m- multiple people really like that. I want to watch that really bad. Um, the Invitations one that snuck out right at the end of, or is it, is it Invitation or Initiation? The Invitation, invitation. it's like in November or something. No, just, no, it's coming out the end of, is it? Yeah, it came out the end of August. Oh, okay. Um, but I gotta see that. That's like, uh, you know, a handful of new releases, um, but I feel like I'm a little bit behind too. I know that. Like, I follow IFC and IFC Midnight on, on Instagram, and they are always getting, like, the foreign hits and, like, shit like that. Um, I'm hoping maybe so they, they'll have some of their stuff in theaters, because I was able to see Watcher in theaters at Valley View earlier in the year that I really love that, um, with What's Her Face from It Follows. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see more of the stuff that they're, like, buying or producing in theaters, because I just think they have a good eye for, like, good genre cinema, you know? Um, But yeah, they, them, the invitation, you know, VHS 99, probably be out a little after that. I mean, Halloween ends is now yet. I'm trying to think what really, I mean, Salem's Lot was supposed to come out remake and I'm, Salem's Lot's one of my favorite like novels ever, especially probably top five for horror. And that got pushed back to April. That was supposed to be the big, big fall release yeah it was like september was supposed to be yeah so i mean that kind of you know i guess threw myself off that was one of the ones i was really looking forward to this year but uh hopefully it's not going to be a mess hopefully they just needed more that's so big they need more time to edit it even though i'd be fine watching. are we doing the are they doing the whole thing in one film i think so i think i think they are but if they if they are, it needs to be two and a half hours, in my opinion, at least. At least, yeah. If it's under two hours, I've <laughs> just lost to, a to lot disregard. Of, well, the biggest thing with Toby Hooper's version, which I fucking love, and I love Toby Hooper, but it hit all the main points, and it got kind of like the small town like problems and stuff, and small town, you know, some of that, and obviously like the fear of the town being taken over and stuff like that. But in the novel, especially towards the end, I mean, almost every fucking person in the town that's left is a vampire. There are lots of vampires and they're like, 
the humans are kind of rallying together. It's it's almost like um, not like zombie esque, but you know what I mean. Like they're right. clearly outnumbered. They're going to have to try to make a stand and fight through like their former loved ones and family, friends, and there's just a lot of great scenes of like you know them kind of fighting their way up to Barlow and stuff that I think would make great cinema. But I haven't seen anyone like. Really, really capture that aspect, kind of like the maybe like the middle fourth of the book. You know, I'd like to see, but I'm hoping because it they made it really long. Even well, it's two parts, two parts. But I mean, Salem's Lot, I could definitely see them adding down to one. But you know, it's like when they did Pet Cemetery, you know, a couple years ago, like. It was a 90-minute film. Easily could have been two hours. Right, because no film adaptation has been faithful to what the book actually no, talks exactly. about. Like, not even close. No. Like, it's just like, it's such like a cliff note version. I'm like watching it and I'm just like, oh, you know. like It's getting the spooky stuff, but it's not getting like the traumatic stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you haven't read Pet Cemetery, do it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like It's literally so, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Both that and Salem's Lot. If you think when I was younger, I thought maybe Stephen King because I didn't because everyone was so hype on him for so many years. I didn't read start reading him until I was a little bit older. I was just like, oh man, because like, it was like everyone's mom read him. Like everyone, you know, it was like the most mainstream yeah, horror like right. thing. And I'm like, and he just pumped out so many novels. And I'm like, where are you even start? I'm like, I don't know. And I like watched some of his mo- movie adaptations. I'm like, oh, those are pretty good. And then I finally read Salem's Lot. I think it was the first one I finished, and I was just like. Oh man, this was fucking extraordinary. I need to watch, read some more stuff, and then you know, Pet Cemetery is like also next level. So it's like uh, I've read a, obviously numerous of his numerous of his novels since then, but I'm not even close to reading even a fraction of what you know he's put out. God, I don't even was he at fifty, sixty books by now? I know it's more? like yeah, it's like close to seventy. I think it's like he almost has a because like obviously he didn't start writing until he was an adult, but like there's like a book for like every year of his life, like basically like he's written like almost as many years as he's been alive. There's been books, so like it's literally insane. Can you imagine being his editor? He has to have multiple editors. I feel like because they're just working constantly. Yeah, they're just nonstop to get out. I mean, to, to get the book out. I don't know how he has anything left. I'm, I'm afraid if he stops writing, he would just drop dead instantly. <laughs> like, he would turn to dust because that's all he knows how to do. Yeah. He probably probably has, like, a legit nine to five or more of writing every single day, but it's an actual novel that's going to go to print, you know? Like, right. Um, anyways, definitely some things, though, this October. I'm trying to think if there's any more. You know, I definitely... I'm glad you brought up Italian films, you know, because I was actually thinking about putting an Argento film, like, on a, on a, just a random right. one like that. Maybe something, VHS 99 will kind of tickle this, but maybe something found footage I've never seen or, or something found footage I haven't seen in a while. We should watch the last broadcast. Which it's one like is it? The last broadcast. That's, like, I the just... first found footage film. It was, like, the year before Blair Witch. But, like, I've never seen it. Oh, I've read about that before. I forgot that existed. Yeah. That one's been on my list for a while, but... 
I don't know if it's like out of print. Like I haven't really tried to like track it down or anything. Right. But right. It's not as well known as some of the others, obviously. But it was the first. You know, it's a really, really good one that I feel like people don't talk about either is um, that one where it's like the insect parasites get in everyone's mind. The bay. I haven't seen that? it. No. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Vaguely. That one was pretty good for what it was. I really like that. That's kind of like one of those, like, I don't know, come out 2010, 2011. Like, I feel like the early the early 2010s, though, really had a ton of horror, like, especially independent, yeah. too. Like, I feel like independent horror is definitely taking a big drop. I feel like mainstream horror, like, people, yeah, people like Jordan Peele now and stuff like this, the, like, big, you know, like, genre directors that were, before, I feel like there was maybe... 20 or 30 like genre directors were all like kind of big in the underground and selling like you know the end of like blockbuster family video like renting a lot I mean people were buying and they were right, renting yeah. a lot but they weren't they never really they just kept making films but they didn't like blow into the mainstream you know yeah I mean look at look at this year for example Ty West Ty West you know been doing horror for 15 16 17 years actually longer if you do is is some of his like early shit like the rooster or whatever i mean like okay like around 20 years and he just had you know his i guess his most big, mainstream movie, you know yeah. and then he has uh pearl coming out too i do really want to see that uh but there was a bunch of crop of guys that came up around the same time as him i mean i'd say probably if it wasn't for I could be wrong, but Tarantino and stuff like that. I mean, would have, would Eli Roth have busted in the, into the mainstream the way he did? You know, I mean, I mean, Cabin Fever's great. Another one from that era. I haven't seen that in a long time. I haven't Cabin, seen that in forever. Cabin Fever's great. Uh, I'm in the minority for people that like this series, but I don't think Hostel Two or Hostel One, excuse me, is very good. I saw that in theaters when I was young. I don't really. I haven't seen any of those movies. Oh, really? I never had any desire to. I mean, like. Hostel, Hostel 2 is everything that Hostel 1 should have been, but they had to set it up, you know what I mean, kind of yeah, like set up, stuff yeah. like that. But the first, I saw Hostel 1, I think when I was God, in high school maybe, or maybe right after, maybe it was high, I think it was high school, and the first first like 45 minutes are like a bad bachelor party all right or like a friends thing it's just like they're you know they're i think they're in amsterdam if i remember right they're just going just like basically like it's almost like a like expose of like hey this is what amsterdam looks like at night but like a fucking hollywood version of it you know and then it finally gets to where things pop off but i left i was like i guess i was fine and I saw two, and two didn't have that much hype, didn't have a lot of, like, and I'm like, wow, two is amazing. And then three went straight to video, and three was kind of just, like, average, straight to video, medium yeah. budget film. It's fine. I mean, it's it's an interesting take. It's completely different than the first two. I mean, like, where they are and what they're doing, you yeah. know, but I don't know. If you ever get the itch, two's, two's fun. Two's, are, two's a good film, uh, but one is... One's not good. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I just don't. I don't understand the the love for it. I don't know. Still hear people. I think it's because it kind of like came out around the same time as Saw, a little bit after. So then that was in the whole like torture porn, you know? Right. Which I never thought was a fucking genre of anything. I mean, like, 
what are there like ten films that like <laughs> ten may, films total yeah. maybe then and Eli Roth made two of them three of them like I don't even consider Saw like people say Saw is torture porn I'm like no it's not not the like, first no, one no. no and even the thing is Saw had a legitimate like story and like continuation and stuff like that it wasn't just yeah it was extreme violence but it wasn't extreme violence without I guess some sort of attempted substance to it like hostile pretty much what you think that is is what what it is you know I mean a very loose story Uh, but anyways well what else we got to start the start the spooky season you want to uh you want to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah, yeah about? so I, so you can kind of explain what we're going to be doing here. We kind of already did one with the Lost Boys and Fright Night kind of thing, but so Buddy and me decided to do the the podcast today, and I had the idea. I came up with the idea. I was out earlier, and I was like, "What if we just skating. did some?" You're skating. Tell them what well, you're no, doing. I was, I was skateboarding. Yeah, I was skating, but I, I was thinking about it while I was doing it, and I was like. Um, if we just did some rapid fire questions and we had to decide, you know, like it's like, uh, can be like a this or that, or it can be top three, this, or all right, I'll start, I'll start off the first one. We'll do it. What's the one film that everyone thinks that you've seen that you haven't seen? That I haven't seen. Or that your listeners would think that you've absolutely seen, but you've never watched. Well, up until till a few years ago, it was RoboCop, but I checked that off, okay. my, off my list. Um, but on the horror side, what is a horror film that I've missed? Uh, Last House on the Left. Still never seen it. Oh, you did bring that up. Yeah, that we was should, on my watch that, that was on my list like last year. Never seen it. I saw a couple people watch that recently, like on like on social media, and they're like, "Wow, it's a lot better than I remembered." I was like, "See, I loved it. I love Last House on the Left." That was like the, uh, pretty sure I've probably talked about this podcast. I'm not going to go into too much of a detail, but that was the one that uh, the Ashtabula video stores had that was like one of the more more extreme films Right. when yeah. I was young. So I was able to, that was kind of like one of my gateway films into seeing other stuff, you know? Yeah. I rented it multiple times and my mom, God bless her soul, she's still alive, but still God bless her. Had no idea what it was about, thank God, because if she would have known that she was... Because well, I remember you telling the story, it was like, oh, it's kind of like a, not generic title, but like it doesn't say like yeah, she what it is. She you know? didn't know, and uh, thankfully I would just bring the video case up to her. Not 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 the cover, not the cover or, or, or the DVD case that explained what the fuck the film was about uh, two girls being raped and left for dead and, you know, a group of uh, killers out on the road or, you know. Right. Because uh, she probably wouldn't have never, ever rented that. And I, I, hopefully my mom will never hear this. And Oh, you know what's another you know what's another big one that I haven't seen? Um, I've seen the sequel, but I've never seen House of a Thousand Corpses. Hmm. I feel like... I like House of a Thousand Corpses. My first girlfriend's brother was obsessed with it. He'd watch it every day after school <laughs> for a day. year. No, I'm serious because you, I could hear it on when I'd go over and hang out. And he was just obsessed with it. I don't think he'd ever seen anything like that before. I think that's why a lot of, like, obviously Rob Zombie has his built-in fan base. But 
I feel like a lot of people that watch that for the first time are like never seen anything like it yeah, before and or so since. It just yeah. like caught them, you know, just like gripped them, you know. Uh, I think Devil's Rejects is better, but I feel like more people used to think that. Now I feel like I'm in the minority of that because I feel like a lot of people really like House of a Thousand Corpses, but I really want to watch Lord Salem again this uh, this October. Halloween time. Yeah. I love of Lord Salem. Yeah. I love Lord Salem. This is best film. I'll fight anyone who says different. But anyways, all right. Are you gonna watch the monsters? Yes. When it comes out, I'm gonna watch it. Yes, for sure. I will. The trailer just looks so cheesy, and I, I don't know. It's like I like a little bit of cheese. I'm curious to see what he's gonna do with it. You know? Yeah. Didn't bother me at all. Let's see. All right. So besides. Because you've talked about this on other shows. You're a big werewolf guy. Besides, like, the big ones, like, you're howling as American Werewolf in London. I'm taking the Wolfman out of this, like, the original. Like, what is the best, like, werewolf film that, like, you don't hear about as much? Dog Soldiers, 100%. And I think that's 20 years since Dog Soldiers came out. Neil Marshall, the fucking... Another god of 2000 cinema in my eyes. He went from doing Dog Soldiers, doing The Descent, just like yeah. two back-to-back hitters. I'm just like, he just did something, right? He, he just j- had like he a- just did Hellboy. They got the oh, studio yeah, yeah. studio yeah, yeah, butcher yeah. that. I actually really liked that Hellboy, but I don't hold Del Toro's like Hellboys into the high regard that everyone and their mom does. You know, like they're good. Right. Ron Perlman's great his Hellboy, but um, Dog Soldiers, Dog Soldiers, I caught. On late night television, probably the year after it came out, when sci-fi would show weird shit late at night, and it's just kind of like a small, great film, group of like military guys go into this like house, and they're kind of trying to hide out, and then there might be some werewolves in the (laughs) woods surrounding them, you know, and it's just... It's one of those films, almost like, I would say it's akin to Night of the Living Dead, but for werewolves. Got it. And lots of werewolves in it. So, I really think, for me, once you get outside the big ones, Dog Soldiers is a masterpiece. Um, I'm going to fuck the title up. I think I have it on video somewhere. I do. Because it's, it's like a long title, but it's like Late Phases. Did you ever see that? I haven't seen it, no. It's like a newer werewolf. When I say newer, I think it's nine years <laughs> old now. You know, old. It's, eight, it's at least seven or eight years old. But that was really good recently. But um, Dog Soldiers, though, is... Especially at a time when there wasn't... I mean, two, this was right as the zombie boom we started talking about. And a couple, a couple years prior, before... The torture porn. No, like, the whole, you know, like, Saw, everything like that. Right. Um, but werewolf films were pretty much dead in, dead in the dirt. I mean, there really hadn't been anything like that in a while. And I guess I guess this came out around the same time. I guess Underworld was kind of one that did bring that, yeah. bring that back. Uh, but Dog Soldiers, as far as full-on practical, full-on shots of werewolves doing shit. Yeah. And it's, have you seen it? I have not seen it. No, we'll have to. I have it on Blu-ray. We'll have to watch it sometime. It's uh, it's 
when The Descent came out a few years later, I knew who he was because after watching Dog Soldiers, so that made me, like, super hyped for The Descent. And The Descent is another just... That's one I was terrified of when it came out because I remember, like, when it came out and, like, I was a little younger than you, but... It's a scary... That's one I was, like... brutal, scary I was, film. like, bro, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad... And just the setting, the setting of falling into a cavern that you have no idea how to get out. There's no light. You don't have food. You don't have anything. And you're stuck in there with these underground dwelling fucking creatures who adapted their bodies and evolved to this environment. I mean, you're just fucked. You're straight fucked. Like, you're beyond And that's, like, one of the first films that, like, I was aware of. That, like, had, like, multiple endings that, like, you could watch. Because, like, if it's on, yeah. like, the DVD, it's like, oh, does she get out? Does she not get out? Like, whatever. Um, so I have a weird history with The Descent. Um, I thought The yeah. Descent sequel was pretty good, too, for what I it never was. saw it. It was... It's... I don't like the way it was lit, obviously, or shot compared to the first one. But it's a really good story, and there's some really good gore in it. Obviously, the creatures, the whole thing's yeah. back, so... Um, Dog soldiers, and there it is. Ah, uh, hmm. hmm. Did I ask you what a horror film was that you haven't watched that everyone's like, oh, like how has Miles not seen that? You have. I guess you can use my question if you want. You can you can double up. Well, it's your it's your turn, but uh, I don't know what that would be off the top of my head. I'm mean, I'd have to think. <laughs> You've uh, seen them all. No, that's not true. But it, you know what I mean? Like when you like the out of like the big shit like. That's like for a second why I had to think of it. I was like, oh yeah, like House of Stars, um, yeah. Shit, big something big. Now that I now I want to say it, now I want to. Uh, fuck. He's thinking. It's hard because I'm thinking. I'm trying to go back. Like I'm literally like have a, like. There's definitely some of the Universal sequels, like Monster, like that era sequels that I want to see. I wouldn't say those are, like, they are big, but they're not, like... Right, yeah, yeah. Like, there's definitely, like, I've seen the core, like, original films and stuff like that in some of the sequels. But I definitely feel as, like, a horror fan that just, like, wanting to go back, kind of see the history of things. There's too many of the sequels I haven't seen, which makes me feel like I'm, like, damn, I really should get in there and... Well, if sometime you need me to give you, like, bullet points on which ones to watch, let me know, because I've, right. I've seen them all, so. I've done I've done some research. I'll take, you're, you're, you're the king of that, so I, I'll take that. But I've also done some research on some of them, because it has been on my list. I'm like, oh, I should probably try to go back and watch as many as possible. I was telling you that, especially as, like, an effects guy, you got to. See where it started. I know. I mean, I've seen I've seen all the main ones, and I have seen some of the sequels. Uh, all right. Best Universal sequel, Monsters sequel. Oh, Son of Frankenstein. Like okay. that's not even it's not even close. I have seen um, that actually. There's just just an elevated quality to it because that came out the same year as Wizard of Oz. So, at that time, everyone's just trying to up the ante of what they could do. And, like, they wanted to do it in color. They didn't do it in color. Like, it didn't look right. Which I think was the right move, because it'd be weird to have that one in color. And then you don't have the budget to do the rest of the Universal films, like, after that in color. Um, But just the whole storyline of it is incredible. The other ones you need to see 
um, besides Son of Frankenstein is is Bride of Frankenstein, obviously. The other ones, like, they're not necessary viewing. Um, I mean, like, Dracula's Daughter's all right. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the Mummy sequels at all, but, like, the original Mummy and, like, the Mummy sequels, like, they're not correlated at all. Like, it's a different Mummy, it's a different, like, storyline, everything like that. It's just kind of sequels in name only. So, like, as far as, like, mainline stuff that's, like, carrying on the story or whatever, um, Son of Frankenstein is definitely the way to go. Um, House of Frankenstein is also an interesting one because... I've seen that, actually, too. Like, Boris Karloff is in it, but not as the monster. It's as the doctor. Right. And that's, like, the last, like, his last hoorah with, um, Universal, like, Frankenstein series. Um... But yeah, there's so many of them that are good, but there's also, like, so many of them that's, like, don't even, like, bother watching them. Like, the Mummy sequels, like, you could probably watch, like, one or two of them. Which, but, like, I've most seen, of them are just, like... I've seen one of them, actually, I think it was two Halloweens ago on TCM. It was your last Halloween or the one before? And it's just hard because they all kind of, like, bleed together because, like, there's the Mummy's tomb, the Mummy's hand, the Mummy's ghost, and the Mummy's curse... And it's like, I could barely tell you, like, what happens and which, which, yeah, and which one, you know? The only one I really remember is the one, like... Because it's the first horror film that I ever saw is the one at the end where he's carrying, like, the girl into, like, the boggy forest or whatever. And she just, like, turns into a corpse and, like, dies and they sink into the fucking quicksand. Um, so I would say watch that scene. But, like, as far as, like, the whole movie, like... I don't know. Um... Yeah, Son of Frankenstein for sure. All right. Well, you're up, I guess. If oh, you're I'm gonna, up. Uh, I'm up. Well, you still haven't thought about... I did, no. I said the Universal sequel. I guess, like... Oh, oh so, yeah, want, so it's, like, going off of you it. Want, yeah, that's why I kind of went up. But unless you want me to think of something else. But those are... That's, like... That's off the top of my head. Like, if, if I'm, like... If I want to... If I'm thinking about, like, in my fandom, I guess I'll use the word of, like what I haven't seen that I guess I'd be like, ah, I definitely need to go and just like... Alright, so I'll, I'll ask you this one. So, this is one, and if we record the podcast we're talking about after, um, I want to touch on this a little bit. Um, so we may, you may hear about this a little more in a future episode okay, well, of the show. Here. Let's cheers a pumpkin ale, because I did open oh, yeah, pumpkin yeah, yeah. ale for the season. Cool. Cheers. Thank you. You're welcome. So, a big critique in horror especially like not so much anymore because it's kind of been like phased out but it was like late 2000s everything is getting remade what do you think needs remade that hasn't been remade yet this is a very good question um because i don't know if i have an answer for this but what I'd like to see remade, may, I guess there's a theme on the pie. I didn't think there was, but really it's got my mind going. Uh, the thing is, though, I do hold this in very high regard, and as I just talked about earlier, and I don't know how it would come out, but I think a Return of the Living Dead remake would be interesting if you have the right people behind it. It's hard because that is such a time capsule. If there was if there was a way, it doesn't need. That's the only problem. You use the word need. I'm just talking on the fact of like an interest. Like I'd be interested to see if it was like, like let's say Jordan Peele decided he wanted to, you know, remake Return of the Living Dead. Right. 
or something, or like a reimagining. Or like well, some, like I would even take because like say like it wouldn't even have to be a remake like in name, it could just be like in that style because you don't see because all the zombie films you get today like Walking Dead like whatever it's all the Romero style zombies it's yeah. not the Return of the Living Dead zombies where it's exactly. all like through nerves and all that yeah. kind of stuff so like it'd be interesting just to kind of see like a different kind of take on zombies yeah. in general. Well, that's what I mean. That's something I like I can think off the top of my head. I mean. One of my, like, other favorite films. I mean, I think a Burning remake would be amazing. You gotta get Jason Alexander back for a cameo. Like, 1,000%. I just think that, like... It's hard, because you start talking about films like this, and, like... You say things that could be a good idea, but then if they were filmed and you watch them, it could be an absolute fucking piss idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would say the big thing is, because it's a remake, and I think that the My Bloody Valentine remake did a good job of this, of don't mind showing the killer earlier in the film, or more of the killer. Right. Because audiences are different, you're remaking a film enough people have seen the film. They know, you know what I mean? They, they know the story or know what the killer looks like. I think a crazy burn guy with a flamethrower chasing, you know, people through some kind of crazy mountain cavern would be amazing. Like, I honestly, especially with, like, if you did, it was all practical, things like that. Um, maybe flesh out the backstory of hair. Um... I mean, I think that's one really, like, if you look at all the other, even, like, minor slashers, like, not minor, but I'd say minor major, if that makes sense. Like, the ones that were just, they were mainstream, but not mainstream. Like, My Bloody Valentine, stuff like that. They were right. released they're by like big one, studios. They're, like, one stop short of being, like, household kind of yeah. like things, you know? I mean, I mean, the burning, I mean... I was going to say start the Weinstein careers, but oh, that's a bad day. That's a bad day. I mean, it's the truth, but still. Uh, so I think a burning remake, I, I, I think a burning remake would register really well because I think it's like a terrifying thought and it still could be like a, uh, just a good tale, you know, yeah. burned guy that becomes a maniac trying to get revenge. Um, so I'd say either the burning or returning dead, but returning dead would have to be, You'd really have to have the right people behind it and the right ideas. Like, that's one that could go super generic, super bad really quick, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, on the flip side, I always want to ask you, see, you said you couldn't even think of something. Well, like, for me, like, it would have to be, like, you'd have to remake something that sucks, Mm-hmm. To me, because mm-hmm. um, everyone's like, "Oh, like, why are you remaking Friday the Thirteenth? Why are you remaking Halloween?" Like, I think exactly. you should remake something that, like, like say you like pick a famous director or whatever. Like, their first movie is like, "Oh, it wasn't what they wanted it to be." Like, say you sign them on to be the producer, and like they have the new kid like directed, it, but it's like the way they would have done it exactly. back yeah. then. Like, yeah. or you can make remake like. Some shitty, like, 50s, like, B-movies or whatever, but do, like, a serious, like, take on them. Yeah. Um, something that people have nostalgia for, they've heard of before, 
but you're doing it in such like a unique and new way and it'd be so completely removed from the original where everyone's like oh the original's better because of this and that like kind of like the blob remake yeah the original's like super cheesy whatever and then the remake is such like its own thing where you can appreciate both uh, similar to like the remake of The Fly and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, like I th- that's the way you would have to do it. I I think that those two had the benefit of not that there's not amazing directors and things like that now. Obviously, there are. I mean, there's amazing filmmakers, but you had these like really good genre filmmakers in the '80s, '70s, and '80s that were making, regardless if there was gore, this or that, like just really well done films. And, you know, obviously you say you're taking stuff from the 40s or 50s where there were tons of limitation. Good stories Mm -hmm. sometimes, but uh, technology or, you know, the budget or anything just just wasn't there yet. Yeah. So, like, now, because we've been in, you know, kind of like a golden age of cinema for the past 50 years, it's hard, too, especially with the way that the audiences and stuff are nowadays where everyone wants, like, a sped-up version of Faster, or this get-to-the-point version, but that that doesn't always register well with, like, a good film or, like, something that's not just popcorn entertainment that it gets remade and you forget about it in five minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, hmm. Least favorite horror subgenre. Horror subgenre. Um, depends on what we're defining as a subgenre. Well, I got, well, I guess. I guess you just. I guess um, maybe subgenre is another word, but like just like slashers, werewolves, zombies, um, remakes. Uh, you know, anything like that. It's hard. Psychological thriller is not really uh, it's, its own thing, but they kind of cross over in horror, you know. I don't know. Like, I probably... I haven't really watched too many, like, mummy movies. Um, and it's not, like, as common of a thing, but, like, I haven't seen even, like, the Brendan Fraser ones and shit like that. Oh, okay. And I think it's because, like, as a kid, like, that's the shit that scared me the most. Oh, okay. So I've never gone back and rewatched them, because um, as I said, that Mummy film was the first horror film I ever saw, and I was like, "Fuck, is it, fuck mummies!" I'm never fucking watching those again. Um, I don't know. It's hard because I don't know if I really have like a least favorite like sub genre. Um, it depends because like I would. Sp- Maybe say like found footage, but there's some found footage things I think are a masterpiece. Yeah. But they're so like few and far between, I guess. Like there's some I've watched that are like so fucking like abysmal. Um Yeah, I don't know, that's a tough one. Do you have a least favorite subgenre? Cannibal films. I didn't even think of that. I'll say that too. Because it just like literally every we've talked about this on other shows, but every single one I've watched is absolutely terrible. Like I didn't even consider that a subgenre because it just completely blocked it from my fucking <laughs> mind. There's a couple that I like. I swear to God, the other day someone asked me watch that I haven't seen, but the problem is, and I know, like I used to be able to know know this by like not by heart, but there was like. The other main director besides Reguro, it's Reguro, that's how you say his name, Reguro, so, Reguro yeah. Dodato, yeah, who did, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, like that. 
there was another director who was kind of like his, I wouldn't say rival, but his contemporary that did a trilogy of cannibal films. I've seen one of them and it was actually good, but I, but I want to see his other two films, but basically from people that have even like researched the genre, it's like Murgaros and this guy's that's it. Like you don't need to watch like any yeah. other, like, like I, I watched green Inferno just to watch green Inferno. I actually got to see it in theaters and it was, it was fine. It was like, it was whatever. Like, I'm not really Eli Ross good and I appreciate how much he loves horror but like for some reason a lot of his stuff to me just like it just doesn't, doesn't it hit doesn't like hit I don't all. know what it is I want to like him more but like I feel like he sacrifices I feel like he has good ideas and he could be a really good storyteller but he sacrifices it which shouldn't bother me but it does like for gore or for shock value but it's like not shocking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some about him. It's just off. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I'll say that that's instead just to not completely copy what you were gonna say, but just sort of like the shock horror that's like out there just to be like smut and like stupid shit. Like I don't fucking like, that shit like fucking like human centipedes. Fucking. I like human centipede, um, but. I'm trying to think of the other one. Like that's August like in, Underground or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, shit like that. Megan no is offense. missing. All, yeah, like all no that No offense shit. to Fred Vogel. I mean, I know he loves it. There's a whole thing for that. But, like, there were a couple dudes when I was, like, younger really getting into horror that really liked, like, kind of like, you know, the, oh, is this actual, like, you know, like, murder films and, like, shit like that and August Underground and all that. And they just, they ate that shit up. And I was just like, dude, I was like, not, and not even that I'm it's not, shocking. It just like it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like you watch it's it and not, it's bad. Too like to to be honest, I I like a like I like a little bit of creativity, a little bit of store story. Like I'm not really like a uh, torture for the sake of torture guy. And trying to hang out with some of those dudes, I kind of like really like reinforce the point that I'm just like, yeah, like, I'm, yeah, it's just ain't my cup of tea, you know? Like, it's just not me, you know? Like, yeah. But, like, I like I swear to God, this was, like, last week at work, someone asked me if I saw Green Inferno. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, no. <laughs> I oh mean, for, for a new generation of people that, like, haven't, don't really, like, haven't seen a lot or stuff like that. I mean, that fuck, that could be their Cannibal Holocaust. I, I swear, you know? one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It was me, Ricky, and a couple of his friends, and this one guy brought this film over he had on VHS. It's called Zombie Doom. It's like this cannibal movie, but it's really like part three in some like cannibal trilogy, but it was like renamed Zombie Doom. It was seriously like one of the worst things like ever. Like well, ever. I don't have to ask you. I, you know, I, as you start bringing it up, I'm like, oh, I should ask him what's the worst thing he's ever, worst horror film he's ever seen. But zombie probably, Doom. <laughs> mine was uh, mine was Zombie Nation, and we're getting a little bit off topic. Shout out to Dylan Barker. Thanks for uh, one of my best friends in college. Uh, we still talk about horror. He's a good, really good dude. But he uh, he's like, this is a really bad piece of shit. You should watch this, and gives it to me. <laughs> Zombie Nation, man. Fuck, it's one of the worst. I'll say this because I brought this up earlier and I was looking it up. So I was saying there was a weird connection that I remembered from one of the directors from VHS 94. And I watched a film. The person who did the wraparound, like the one that was like really bad, 
they did another film that was on Shudder. I didn't realize it at the time or I wouldn't have watched it, but it's called Night's End. Just don't even don't even watch it. Um, okay. As far as, like, modern stuff, I'd say that's one to, like, skip. Um, but I watched it because it had, like, Michael Shannon in it, and I was like, oh, this is a mm. Shutter exclusive. It has, like, a big name in it. Yeah. Um, literally the last, like, ten minutes of the movie is just people with, like, CG, like, possessed faces just going, like, like, at the camera and shit. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. But, uh, so I'll say that's the worst thing I've seen in recent memory. I don't know what the worst thing I've seen in recent. I'd have to, I'd have to do a letterbox dive on that, uh, horror-wise. But, uh... All right. Well, I guess it's you got to ask me something, man. You got to fucking it's your, it's your turn. I got to loosen up my belt, bro. This beer is hitting me, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're, I'm feeling old tonight, man. I'm like bent over. My back's hurting. You know what I'm saying? This is uh, I'll be another year older in another another little couple, bit of time. Couple couple weeks, yeah. Fall baby, but um, much better. There we go. Real shit on the podcast, everyone. So besides, besides Night of the Living Dead, and besides Psycho, because we all we're always me and you are always big on the seventies are so underrated for horror. I do, yeah, I agree. And everyone talks about the eighties, um, but if you were to exclude those two major ones from the sixties, is there like another sixties one that like you're really into? See, the problem is there is some late 60s shit I like, but I'm afraid that it hits. Like, I'm actually going to have to letterbox this as we're on here because I want to give a couple answers, but I'm pretty sure it's like 1970 on all these. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to hit the really professional here. But Buddy really hit me on the fly. I will say... God. The first film to actually have gore in it but it's actually like a sci-fi film with the brains, like, oh, like, the like floating. Oh, fiends without a face. Is that it? Is that what it is? With the brains, with like the blood that squirts out, and they yeah. blow the brains. Is that that's sixties, right? I think so. That was yeah, great. That, I mean, that's a great. I've only seen it because that's maybe definitely once. that's definitely fiend without a face. But I think it might be from the fifties. Is it fifty nine? Well, nineteen fifty eight. But yeah, it's a masterpiece. That's yeah, a see, I'd like to say, but I knew it was like 70 or 71. I'd like to say A Bay of Blood, Mario Bava, but it's 71. Uh, I mean, that's a huge... Do you ever seen that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it once. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I could say stuff... Uh, I mean, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, I mean, you got to think, that was that's who I first thought of. Blood Feast is 63. I mean, I think that oh, yeah. his early stuff, I mean, is 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 good. I'm not going to say it's quite good. You can't put it up there with Psycho or Night of Living Dead. Uh, but I really enjoyed those. I think that people should see his films if they want to kind of see, like, where horror would eventually end up going, especially, like, with, like, the gritty 70s shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think without Blood Feast that there would be a Last House on the Left, to be honest. Probably not. So, I mean, just, like, stuff like that, I'd say, like, if you're going to look back at 60s stuff, I'd say Herschel Gore and Lewis is, like, main films. Because I think 
no, it's blood. Why do they have blood diner? They don't have the right shit on this. Hold on a sec. Now I gotta look. This is why, you know, we're really professionals here. Because Wizard of Gore was 70. Gore Gore Girls was, yeah, I guess it was that. 2000 Maniacs was 64. Have you seen that? That's insane that that was that early. Yeah. 2000 Maniacs is pretty good. I watched, like, all of his shit. Like, all the main ones. Like, I watched them again around. Another Netflix discs. Right. Banged it out. Um... Moonshine Mountain. No, he, I mean... It's hard, because that that's when I was genuinely curious on what you were going to say, because literally, like, 60s, it's always Night of the Living Dead, Psycho. Some people will say The Haunting. Yeah. Um, here's another question. Does Rosemary's Baby suck? I think it sucks. I really like it, but to me, that's one that I barely consider a horror. Like, I almost consider that, like, a drama, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, what year was speaking of of him? Repul- Repulsion's kind of a horror film. That was like sixty five. I, I was gonna say, say I love like Repulsion. That. You ever see that? No, you should. If you're ever gonna watch any of his other films, I would say because I've seen because the only ones I've seen I thought suck. I saw Rosemary's Baby and I've seen Chinatown and I was like, All right, I've seen <laughs> I've seen enough. Sixty-five. Yeah, you're on the dot on the. No, on the nose. Um, I'm trying to think, really. I mean, I've watched. Let me actually go back in my other box and see with the '60s if there was anything that we're just on here and just on our phones. We're just on letterbox. This is the name of this episode. It's like this is is a famous, (laughs) famous episode that we're just sitting here like looking, like, oh, how do we answer this? I mean, okay, so you think about it. We've talked about universal monster films. We've talked about the 60s, the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, we've kind of hit, like, a, a very broad spectrum on this podcast. I mean, it's hard if you start thinking about 100 years of horror. You yeah. know? I mean, it's fucking... I'm just going to keep... I could go down to the 60s, but I'm just going to keep scrolling all the way through. I'm not that far back yet. No, I'm not. How far are you going? What are you trying to? What are you trying to accomplish? Let's see what, what I watched in the sixties. Oh, to that. Oh, when I should have thought last Last Man on Earth. I really like Last oh, Man okay. on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. More Yeah, I mean, but that's like fucking Night, Night of the Living Night of the Living Dead before it was um, Night of the Living Dead because that was the what's it fucking called? I Am Legend. Yeah, was the inspiration for that. I mean. How do you feel about the birds? I mean, I I fucking love the birds. Yeah, that's good. I gave it a much higher score than most people, but I really like it. Um, Carnival Souls. I'd say one of my favorites of yeah. all time. Probably was... shot my score on that. I've only watched it once. I don't know, but... I mean, really, otherwise it just really starts to get into, like, the, my early 70s shit that I love, you know? I mean... Bay of Blood, like I said. Bird of the Crystal Plumage, I mean. Hatchet for Honeymoon's good. You ever watch that? I haven't, no. That's good. Mocha's here. He's talking. He, he agrees. Obviously, Last House on the Left. Torso. Did you see Torso? Never seen Torso. Okay. All right. Probably the Herschel Gordon Loose films. I mean, that's probably really, honestly, I feel like if you think about Psycho, Night of Living Dead, and his films, that's kind of where you see... Horror slowly started to branch off into its many. I mean, 
not that it didn't before, obviously, Universal Monsters and stuff, but you have an influence on slashers, you have an influence on what will be zombie films, and you have an influence on what will become, like, gory, just dead gore films, you know, in general. I mean, so it kind of really branches off after those. What do you got? What do I got for you? Hmm. Hmm. He's pondering. I feel like it's a generic question, but I always like hot, even though it's like we might do some hot take stuff on another thing, but... Hmm. Worst John Carpenter film to you? It's hard because I haven't seen all of them. Okay. Um... Out of the ones I've seen, the one that just really didn't do much for me was Vampires. Like it That's was, fair. it was very much, it was fine. Yeah, it was. It was it very was fine. fine. Yeah. I loved the like country inspired soundtrack too. Like I liked the vibe, like the aesthetic, everything like that. But it's just like, I don't really think it needed to exist. Like it's just like, I don't know. It's fair. It was fine. But I haven't seen any John Carpenter films where I was like, oh, this, like, sucks. But it's exactly, just like, yeah, it's exactly. like oh, this is, this is all right. Um, but, like, I haven't seen Prince of Darkness. Um, oh, well, man, you got it. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I mean, I love the thing. I love They Live. I love fucking I Halloween, even, obviously. I even like, like Ghost of Mars for what it is. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's fun. I've seen Cigarette Burns, his, like, fucking, oh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. recent one. Um... But yeah, it's John Carpenter's Vampires. I love James Woods. Um, I don't know. And I've seen that recently, too. Like, I, wa- I rewatched that within the last year. And I it's still I, just like... I have it on video somewhere, and I haven't rewatched it yet. I probably haven't seen that since I was probably like 15, 16. Yeah. And but, it sucks because, like, I'm the vampire guy. And I'm yeah. like, I should love this, but I, I don't. Sometimes things just don't... Just don't hit. I keep looking... Mocha's being oh he's he's, he's biting out his nails. I'm like minute Mocha's being creepy down the hallway, bro. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. What do you got? You got you got a couple left for me. We'll go a couple more maybe. Which besides the new one because I know you love the new one and I haven't seen pretty much any of these. Like I've seen like bits and pieces of them. Um, but which of the Resident Evil films? Should people watch, if any of them? <laughs> wow. From the expert. What a fucking run in. <laughs> Way to stomp on my nuts right there. To, um, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation about the Resident Evil films uh, with my friends in Erie. Like, not the ones, you know, some of the extended ones that just like talking about film, you know? Yeah. Uh... I really do like the new one. Uh, I kind of hope they make a sequel to it. I don't know if they will because kind of like broke even. Might have done all right in Japan, so that might be kind of like the saving grace, you know. But uh, I like that director too. He did the the Strangers sequel, right? Yeah, and he did like the Forty Seven Meters Down films, which I never saw the first one, but I saw the sequel and it was really good, surprisingly. So I like that guy. Um, The first one's fun. Speaking of 2002, that also came out in 2002. It's been 20 years since the first Resident Evil film, and it's 
It's fun. I mean, it's very 2002. <laughs> I have to say that. Uh, surprisingly, the the final chapter was a really nice way to tie up the series. I didn't expect anything from it. But... It's hard because, like, if I was going to sit down and do a double feature on these, I'd probably pick four and five because those go best together. But okay. it's strange. Like, if I'm just going to, you know, whatever, like, those two feel like they flow together and they're kind of, like, taking the story where it needs to go. There's tons of gore in it. There's tons of crazy moments in those absurd moments. Because you haven't seen, have you seen any of them? I haven't. No, just, like, bits and pieces. But I've never, like, sat down and was like, all right, time for Resident Evil. Oh, you said that as we were going. Yeah. yeah. I, I have all of them. I actually have every single thing. Thank you, buddy, by the way, for Welcome to Raccoon City. I have I have every Resident Evil film, including the CG ones. Right, Every yeah. single one of them on Blu-ray. Uh, have you watched the new series that's on Netflix? I watched the whole series. You yeah, did? I've seen the whole thing, yeah. it And? It's weird because it feels like they're trying to reach two different demographics simultaneously. And the first couple episodes, it's not that they're rough, but I could definitely see them pushing viewers away. Because it focuses on Wesker's, because it's kind of like an alternate take, but it's not, you know, in the lore but it focuses on Wesker's two daughters, so there's a little bit of, like, middle school bullshit that they're dealing with, and it's... I don't know if it's what fans of the series want, but it serves a purpose as the episodes go on, because the main character is one of the daughters as an adult, like, way after the outbreaks happened. Mm -hmm. So... I think the way that they handle the outbreak is interesting, like, so many years later. Because the outbreak takes starts in this one, a full outbreak, worldwide, not just Raccoon City. Because it's still referenced Raccoon City happened. Right, and yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but a full outbreak takes place in 2022. And then part of the series, so the thing is it's going flashbacks constantly. It's taking place in 2022, and then it's taking place in 2036. But every episode, it keeps going back and forth. It'll just cut to, like, the, the future, the present, the you know, back and forth. But the way they do it's quite good. The only problem is... If you're, like, a... Like, I, I consider myself, like, a pretty big fan of the series, obviously. I'm not the ultimate fan or, you know, whatever. But some people won't like the way that they do things with some of the monsters... Because all the monsters are peppered in in different episodes. Like, liquor, there's an episode with a bunch of liquors in it. Mm -hmm. There's an episode where it references basically, you know, tongue in, not tongue-in-cheek, but kind of, like, fanfare of, like, Resident Evil 4, even though it doesn't have anything necessary to do. But, like, one of the Chainsaw guys is in it. Uh, it references tyrants. Right. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> it references some pretty fucking... The last episode is pretty fucking batshit. Like, the, the premise... I I almost need you to see it. It's... If you and Emily put it on, I mean, it's... Once you get past a little bit of the bullshit in the first couple of episodes, like, I will... Like, 
when I was on vacation in the summer, I watched it, you know, watched all of it. Yeah. So, some fun gore, you know, it has, like, all the monsters from the series. Um, the Wesker storyline's very interesting. I mean, they do a good job building that up. Um, I'll be curious to see, because they kind of set it up for a second season. Sorry, spoiler. But I'll be curious if it gets greenlit for a second season. And... Are any more of the main crew alive? You know, Got like it. is is Chris yeah. being a Chad somewhere in the future is still alive? <laughs> like just jacked as fuck. Is Leon like spin kicking zombies in the face in you know twenty thirty six? These are the real questions right. I have. But I guess long story short, I'd say four and five. Things you have to know. I I would say probably. I guess. I guess either one or three. I actually really like three. A lot of people didn't, but three was like the bleak Mad Max film. Like oh, someone okay. told me, I, I don't know if this is true, but someone told me that Paul Anderson made Resident Evil 3 the way it was because his brother-in-law had never seen Mad Max. Oh, really? <laughs> so he legit made a Mad Max Resident Evil film. Interesting. Okay. I'd say maybe one or three. Two's the one you should because it's the Raccoon City and Nemesis, mm. but two's such a fucking joke. Like it's the most. <laughs> it has Kill Switch Engage on the on that closing credits. It's the most two thousand shit. Well, it sounds hard. It's. We'll watch. We should watch the first two one day and see what you think. It'd be an interesting show. It. You should for the sake of like playing this and like you know now they I've, were big now that I've played some of the games yeah. And, yeah. Um. I'd say, I guess, one and three. I really like four and five, but it's hard to just... Jump in so, at number four, yeah. It's so... Yeah, like, yeah, if I was... If, if me, seeing everything, if I wanted to put on a double feature that flowed well together, and, like, maybe, like, someone who kind of knew it, like, maybe you would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd put that as a double feature. So that's a, that's a loaded question. That's a hard question for me. Yeah. What do you think? One more each? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Man, but now you're really... Really putting the pressure on me to get a good, good one. Uh, hmm. Cause like some of these, I feel like would be a big question, but I'm afraid that the answer would be too easy because we've kind of done too many of the big podcasts to talk about right. some of the stuff. Um, whew. Some of these with you, I just like you're too dialed. I'm, I, I know enough what you like. It's like too dialed in. Like if it was, I can throw you a curveball if you want. No, like, like I can say like, hey, this, but also, uh, oh god, man, you're killing me. If you have the first one, go ahead, because I really want to try to think of a doozy on the end, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lighthearted one for you. I was gonna save it to the end, but I can I can do it now if you can't think of anything. Let me think about this. While he's thinking about this, if you guys haven't already subscribed to the channel and turn on notifications so you know when we put out new episodes of the show. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, uh, subscribe over there as well. Leave a rating, review, share the show with your friends. Yeah. Be cool. 
tweet to us if you guys have anything you want us to talk about on the show let us know and it's fun to do these ones that are more laid back and just kind of come up with it on the fly so all right you got anything all right i got it okay I feel like I know this answer, but all right. You can only pick one of these two directors' films to watch, like, forever. Like, one of these directors, you're never allowed to watch one of his films again. I'm not allowed to watch them, or it doesn't exist. See, that's how I was was difficult to word this. Uh, If you had to pick... Say the world was ending. The whole fucking world was ending. Okay. This this ultimate being said, I'll save the world, but you have to either never watch a John Carpenter film again, or they didn't exist at all, or George Romero's films didn't exist at all. And then think of the impact of what they would have on the horror community. Which one would you pick to get rid of for forever? Maybe even wipe from, from the history of everything. That one's really, really tough because without Halloween, slashers still would have happened. Without Night of the Living Dead, I don't know what would have happened if we didn't have Night of the Living Dead. Because without Halloween, like you had Alice Sweet Alice, you had Peeping Tom, you had Black, Black Christmas, Christmas, you had all this yeah. shit. And the, Ita- and the Italian films that were already kind of influencing. But also, without Halloween, you're not getting Friday the 13th. You're not getting... And because of that, you're not getting Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct. And because of that, all the 80s films that took shape, although not as important as those... I don't but know. you have to it's, think about some of the other, the other horror directors. Like, Toby Hooper would still exist. So what what if he became bigger and what would hit his influence overall be? Right. And I mean this sounds blasphemous to say because Halloween's my favorite horror film, but it might be John Carpenter because I think you can have equivalents and approximations to that. With Romero, I don't know if we get to where we need to be. Like, I think as a horror icon, like, John Carpenter's more well-known, but I think Romero might be more important. Because, as you said, you have Toby Hooper. You have... I mean, Texas Chainsaw like you have Like, you have all this stuff that would be... Like, I mean, I've said it a few times. It would be, like, on that equivalency. But... I don't know, because even if you take out of the the zombie aspect to it, like, I mean, we touched upon this bri- briefly, but, like, Night of the Living Dead is the greatest adaptation of I Am Legend. <laughs> like, right, you know what I right, mean? Like, right, yeah. it's, it's difficult to say. And although I like John Carpenter's stuff more, like, as a whole, like, I'd probably have to go with Romero for the sake of what it's doing, you know? So that would be my that would be my pick. It was a difficult choice. I don't like it. I, I don't I, love these options. I wanted. I wanted. I was like. I was like. I gotta pick something like insane. Such a difficult question. I really thought you would have picked Carpenter though, but I that. But that's why I kind of when I said like, 
horror as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, if it was just like, oh, like, oh, you can never watch a Romero film again. I was like, obviously, I'm going to pick Carpenter. But you have to think of the impact that would come after it. So. Still, for myself, and I, I like Romero and Carpenter pretty much equal because Carpenter's overall consistent output in all the different genres that he goes to within horror is like more significant and influenced me more. Mm-hmm. Not more, but equally. But because, like, even okay, so let's take let's take Halloween and Night of the Living Dead out of it because we that's all I focused on. Say you're talking Dawn of the Dead. Well, Dawn of the Dead, like my that, like film like that's ever, you know, like so that's I mean. that's even still doing the Halloween equivalent. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like in terms of gore. And, I mean, everyone will say, oh, The Thing is, like, one of the best, like, horror special effects things of all time. But, again, you have other stuff around that time. Although The Thing is probably the best from that era, you have stuff that can fill that void. Yeah. I guess. Like, Dawn of the Dead, like, in that time period, you have nothing there that was on that spectrum. Yeah. Because every decade... I mean, at least those first three, when Romero was putting out those dead films, like, they were, like, one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Night of Living Dead is, I mean, both Dawn of the Dead and Night of Living Dead are my top ten of all time, and I think both of them are absolutely perfect for what they are. I mean, I think Halloween is two, and Halloween two, everyone knows, I have a yeah. running theme, but I like Night of Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead more. I mean, I just think that, like, from start to finish... They're just, there's no, Romero's films don't, even if they're long, they don't waste a lot of time. There's not a lot of wasted scenes or moments. Like everything is like, Carpenter is too, but some, he does have some stuff that can be hit or miss, but like Romero stuff like gets to the point, builds the cast, builds the story, but like. He's just so good about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know if it's because he did commercials for years beforehand and, like, learned how to get everything he needed to get in in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he did, you know, Mr. Rogers and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So I was, like, Starting funny. off, yeah. But, um, I don't know. Anyways, I could talk about those two, the icons forever. But, well, as I gave you the... the, the the heavy hitter, your 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 my my, my lighthearted question. Okay, so we've talked about horror films this whole time, basically horror video games a little bit, touching on like Resident Evil. Um, to send people off on like a happy note, I guess. So out of like, let's in terms of like nostalgia, right? Do you have like a favorite like Halloween like TV special? Or, like, it could be, like, a Halloween episode of a sitcom or, like, your fucking, like, favorite cartoon or Great Pumpkin or, like, whatever. Like, what's your favorite, like, uh, like Halloween-themed, like, TV special? Damn, man, this is... I was just trying to think of something different because we were talking is... about, like, movies the whole time. No, I yeah. know. That's a really, really good question. Um... I hope they can hear Mocha snoring in the background. Mocha just got comfortable. Uh, 
It's a tough one because you're like, fuck, I haven't thought about this in forever. <laughs> I feel like when we were younger, that was like when they knew seasons were coming out at certain times, that was like a very, and they could like plan to have the episode out around Halloween. I feel like that was like a very big thing where like now with streaming and all that stuff, I don't see, not saying you don't see themed episodes, but like they would have released themed episodes like during the season, like legit, right. like you'd be watching it, you know, they'd have that. On Halloween night at 8 p.m., you know, or, like, the special Simpsons episode right. or, like, whatever it is, like... Oh, do you have a favorite Treehouse of Horror? How about that? Dude. You don't have one? No. Bro. I... With Willie as fucking Freddy Krueger? <laughs> iconic. I, uh... Man, I don't know. There's got to be a Boy Meets World episode somewhere. There, season lived. one. We're okay. fucking... I think it's season one or two because, like, fucking Corey is so fucking young. And he, like... he It's like a puberty thing or whatever. But, like, he's, like, turning into a werewolf or whatever. Oh! It's, like, the first or second yeah, season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember that episode. Oh, yeah. I really liked Boy Meets World growing up. I mean, I was a big fan Oh, it was a masterpiece. Um... Man, I don't know. I feel like I feel like when I was young, like it's weird because we, you know, obviously we're talking about horror and fandom and stuff like that. But like, I feel like I always I did watch TV shows. But I've always gravitated towards film. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I haven't, I didn't watch a lot of the big like '90s shows that ever um, mm-hmm. that everyone was watching. Like. I watched old reruns of shit like I Love Lucy or like, uh, Legend. like you know, The Wonder Years or, um, you know, I watched The Munsters, like the reruns and stuff mm-hmm. back in the day because like, I watched or like the Beverly Hills Hillbillies or whatever that was. You know, like I watched like older stuff when I was young. I didn't watch right. much shit that was like coming out. Yeah. I would say like. You know, Boy Meets World and maybe, like, my dad, like, Family Matters, like, stuff like that. They always had Halloween episodes, I think. Family Matters did. I feel like they did, yeah. I mean, no, like, Roseanne did and Home Improvement did. Fucking, I don't know. Like, some of that stuff, obviously, when it came out, I, like, saw it, but, like, I didn't watch it religiously. Or, like, like, I mean, stuff that was, like, early horror stuff, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark really left, like, some episodes left an impact. Mm-hmm. One of the only times, and I think I've said it on here, one of the only times I actually felt like I actually got scared watching something as a kid was there was an episode where, like, these kids got into, like, a taxi, like, middle of the night or whatever. It was, like, the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And they're driving, like, they're speeding up, it's speeding up, it's speeding up. And, like, the guy, like, kind of, like, turns his head real quick. They ask something about the speed and, like... He was just so creepy looking. The way he was lit from the camera. Like, I don't even remember exactly, but I just remember being like... And then the guy was basically just like, I'm going to cause you a car wreck and I'm going to kill us all. Essentially, I think is what he yeah. said. Something, you know. And then they, like, wake up out of this, like, dream world or something. Because it was, like, a whole thing. And But that freaked me out. That was, like, a random thing. Not Halloween, but that's just, like... Yeah. I still remember being freaked out at that age. I don't know. I think it's because, like, that was one of the first times that I saw children that were about to maybe die. <laughs> and I was a kid, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I think that, uh, I think, 
I think it also felt like very like re- like plausible that that could happen. Yeah. I mean, more so than a werewolf well, jumping through my window <laughs> right. and ripping me in half or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was more plausible some fucking maniac was like a taxi driver and just wanted to kill us all or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, fans. But uh, I just told you I watched all the old shit, man. I watched Adam's Family, too. Stuff like that. I I was like a TV land before it was TV land kind of guy and yeah. Nick at Night shit, you know? Cool. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for this episode, you guys. Um, this was fun. We'll have to do another one where we're just asking random questions and shit. I feel, I feel like we say this a lot, but... I don't know. Past few years, we get into some of these episodes. I'm like, man, it's one of the better ones we've ever done. <laughs> and you know, just like you know, keep keeps keeps going. I mean, we really we talked about everything on this episode. I really feel yeah. like you know, we kind of hit the full full spectrum of horror. So, really good way to uh, to get going into the Halloween season. Yeah, and I mean, if you guys have any questions for us, like you want us to discuss on the show, like. Reach out to us. We'll talk about them. Just random opinions we have about stuff or whatever. So, if uh, if if this was about ten fifteen years ago, man, I would have been a real encyclopedia. Oh yeah. Before I lost too many fucking brain, <laughs> brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> man, I used to be a fucking dictionary, but life has caught up with me a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I always think that we do these podcasts. I'm like, man, we done this ten fifteen years ago. We gonna really had a fucking thing, you know? Yeah, we would have. Yeah. On a depressing note, they started 10 years too late. Started 10 years too late. That's all right. Well, thank you for having me on again. I really did have a good time. Super enjoyable podcast. I hope that everyone out there enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and with that, I'll catch you guys back in the outro. Well, that's about it for this time, you guys. I hope you enjoyed our horror rapid-fire questions and some of the films we're looking forward to this year. Before we head out, I want to remind you guys to please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the show. And if you leave me a rating and a review and a thumbs up over on YouTube, it would be greatly appreciated. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow for another episode of the House of Horror. So as always, take care and stay spooky.